What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. With me, of course, Adam Ronis. We're from Fantasy Alarm, courtesy of the Sawdust Podcast Network. What's up, Adam? How you doing, man? Good stuff yesterday with the whole uh, sell high, keep kind of thing. I already got some really nice responses from some people uh, today saying that they appreciated the fact that we uh, we hit on a number of, uh, I won't say controversial players, but a number of players who people had a lot of questions about. Yeah, and there's definitely a lot of players that fit that bill right now that people are trying to figure out. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is this is the time. Um, I don't know what you're writing about for the Ronus bonus this week on Fantasy Alarm, but you know, I kind of uh, I kind of went through with that, you know, that whole concept of what we did on the tout table, um, and just kind of talking about the fact that you know this is the checkpoint time and how are you looking at it, and I just kind of map things out, you know, just explaining to people that you know when they sit there when they ask us on Twitter. You know, hey, you know, I'm going to drop this guy for that guy, or I'm going to draw, you know, I'm going to trade this guy for that guy. That there is so much context behind it right now because what you have to end up doing, what you have to look at, is you really need to see where it's going to affect you the most. Um, you know, inside the categories, like why are you making this this roster move? You know, you're unhappy with, um, with a with with a, a, a outfielder who's just not doing it for you. You know, who are you going to replace them with? And, you know, and that's a matter of, you know, are you just looking to maintain your your same power and, and try and just get a guy who's just swinging a better bat? Or does it make more sense for you to target a guy who steals bases? Because that's what's going to end up helping you out more in the long run. You know, it's like lateral moves where you're just spinning your wheels uh, versus actually investigating shit and seeing exactly what you need to to move up in categories and then con conversely how it's going to affect you like if you're chasing saves you know is it worth it like are you going to get enough out of a, a free agent uh or a guy who you're picking up off the waiver wire are you going to get enough from him that you're going to be able to catch the guy right in front of you in saves while maybe not losing points in strikeouts because you're going to add another reliever to the mix and uh, and the guys who are right behind you are like hot on your tail. So it's like that kind of uh, that kind of a thing to just be smarter about your waiver pickups and your trades. Yeah, obviously context is important. You got to look at the categories. Where can you move up? If you're in a head-to-head -head league, maybe you're at a point where you could punt a category or two just because you're not strong in that area. You know, sometimes people go into head-to-head -head formats with that strategy to punt a category, and other times you don't. And then as the season evolves, you realize, hey, I'm just really weak and saves here. So you know what? Instead of messing around and keep picking up these guys who look like they're going to get the saves and then they get hurt or they lose the job, just punt the category. So yeah, there's so much context that's needed in trades and even adding players to your roster. Yeah. I mean, listen, every every move should have a purpose. Like that's what I, you know, I hate that that whole, oh, I just, I hate this third baseman, so I'm going to get a different third baseman, right? I, I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, okay. If you don't like the way a guy's producing, you want to make a move, you know, but you know, is the guy you're picking up is he going to be significantly better? I I just I hate moves that don't have a purpose and you're just spinning your wheels, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and a lot of people do that. I think sometimes it's like, "Oh, I got to make a move. I have to do something. This team is struggling." And they make a mistake. 
Well, you mean like by dropping the wrong guy and, and picking yeah, up picking a guy up who wrong. ends up turning ice cold at the same yeah, time? Yeah, picking up the wrong guy, <laughs> dropping the wrong guy, whatever it is, yeah. Oh, man, how many times have we seen that? Just over, you know, it's like like people sit there, you know, we talk about that on a regular basis. I mean, at least I've talked about that. You know, people who just, you know, constantly churning over their roster and and just adding guys and subtracting guys and adding guys and subtracting guys. Like, you know, if, if the guy doesn't produce for you in a week's time and you're dropping him immediately to pick up a guy who was doing well, well, oh, all of a sudden now that guy who was doing well, now he's, you know, in a two for 16 slump. And the guy who you just dropped is uh, is actually, you know, working his way out of his slump. I just, I never understood that. And it's just not a... It's just not a move that I can uh, I can condone. No, and I think this year you'll probably see it happen a lot just because so many players have struggled offensively. It's really difficult to find bats on the waiver wire right now, especially in the deeper format. So people are just looking, oh, well, this guy had a good week. He was 7 for 24 last week. Oh, I'm going to pick him up. Uh, and then he goes 1 for 18 for you that week. And then you drop him and pick up the next hot guy. And then he goes cold. And now you just – Dropping your average further and further. We've seen it, you know. I mean, it, it's like a, a pitcher, right? You take a pitcher who uh, who who gets bombed one week. I'm not going to say you know Gomber-esque, um, but you know a guy who like you know he'll throw like five innings and he'll give up five earned runs and he'll have two strikeouts and you're like, oh, it was terrible. So then you take him out uh, and you put in another guy and then all of a sudden like you know he comes back and he throws seven scoreless innings. So had you just kept him in. Right. It already would have negated the bad that he did. But instead, what did you do? You compounded it by trying to get cute and chase a, a, a matchup on the waiver wire. Uh, and then you uh, and then you end up screwing yourself in the long run. You know, it's funny. Like These conversations like <laughs> we're old. We're old. I'm you sorry. In, in this industry, I'm I'm older than you. I will say that. Yes. But in this industry, dude, you are just as old as I am. Okay. Right. Like I remember having conversations like this with Zola when I first started. Crazy, crazy how it all comes full circle because it's the same thing. People are doing the same thing. Here we are 20 years later and people are still doing the same exact thing, churning over their roster. I mean, I don't know if it's just, it's a, a rash of, you know, it's just new players every single year. Maybe that's what it is. Um, but it's funny how much, uh, you know, how much of this content can basically become evergreen? No, it's true. And people just never learn. They don't. They don't. I wish they would. I really wish they would. So um, did you uh, did you get pat pegged by the uh, MLB injury bug again, Adam? It, uh, it was rearing its ugly head again uh, yesterday after you, you had dropped the bomb on me about was it was it Flaherty that you told me about? I don't think it was, but we, I don't know if you saw this, but just a few minutes ago, Flaherty was placed in the IL with an oblique injury. Yep. And uh, the manager, Schilt, said it's going to be a while. It's a significant injury. Oh, unbelievable. I think, I think we were talking about that. I think we were, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we were talking about that yesterday. Um, I think you like dropped that on me at the very tail end. I think I said something about maybe we escaped injury that day and you, uh, you hit me with the Flaherty uh, situation. Um, I also got victimized once again by the Tuesday IL stint, 
right? Ramon Laureano. Yeah, you know, because I have him in the NFBC main event, and I was discussing it with partner Brian Ambrose, and we were just, at first, I was like, leave him in. And then I was like, well, he took BP, and we discussed it over. We said, yeah, let's just bench him. And good thing we did, because I think instead we put in Gavin Lux with two home runs. Mm-hmm. Not that it matters. So, I mean, a team is team is okay, but it's just the injuries are just, you know, you lose Trout, Eloy Jimenez, two of your first three picks, man. It's just tough because that league is so competitive. So many good players in that league. So, um, and then Mitch Garver got hurt tonight, and he's a cat, our catcher in that league. I don't know what the injury is. I just know he left the game. So, it, it's tough to overcome. But, yeah, Loriano was a tough one because he sat out, what, two games over the weekend, Saturday, Sunday. You knew he was out Monday. He took BP before the game. And you kind of had to make that decision in a weekly league. Um, and I'm assuming you left him in in most cases, right? I did. I left him in. I, you know, here, here's the thing. I, you know, <laughs> I mean, as a you know, crying in my beer here as a uh, as a fantasy owner, right? Like MLB teams should not have the the ability to uh, backdate an IL stint. Like they need to. They need to if you, if they're going to decide you know if you're going to say oh well I want to I want to you know see what happens give him a couple of days see if he uh, if he feels a little bit better okay fine but if you have to put him on the IL you can't backdate it to the last day that he played because that's what's screwing us over here because you know the team has an off day on Monday the GM doesn't have to deal with anything until the right before the uh, the next game on Tuesday. And and this is what we get. He's like, oh, I don't give a crap. I'll backdate this to the last time Moriano played, um, and then just you know see what happens and and you know make that determination. But I can probably get him back a little earlier than uh, you know than had I not been able to backdate this uh, this IL stint. I'm sick of it, dude. I'm sick of it. The, the Tuesday IL stints are killing me. Trust me, it's happened to me. Yell it, Soto, all this crap, and it sucks because. You just lose uh, a bunch of at-bats. That's why, look, I'm okay with weekly leagues. Do I prefer daily? Yes, I understand why not. But we have to at least make changes, whether it's the NFBC format where you can make the lineup changes on Friday. So in your case, you know, like TGFBI. So Loreano, fine. You lose him for four days. But you know what? At least you get to replace him on the weekend. Or, you know, Tower Wars does the midweek injury replacement. If you have someone, you can activate them. You do have to release a player, though, so that's where it can get tricky because sometimes they're like, oh, I really don't want to release anyone in my starting lineup. But I'm assuming if it's a significant player returning that you might have a hole in your lineup. But, yeah, we need to make at least those accommodations because if this year hasn't taught you that there needs to be at least somewhat changes and some modifications, I don't know what will because it's uh, crazy. And it looks like uh, another injury tonight. This one is not surprising. Steven Strasburg is leaving the game, and apparently he, he was looking like he was in pain and his velocity was down. So, but that one is just, dude, that's a guy that I think was it the year, was it two years ago when he had the big year? I think that was the year I didn't have him, and he's a guy that I draft every year. I didn't draft him this year either, but uh, yeah, I know everyone says, yeah, he's always <laughs> injured, but you know, he, he has pitched well when he's been healthy, but I thought this year there were just too many red flags. Yeah, I haven't touched Strasburg in years, in years. I, I really haven't. You know, it's like it's it's that situation, you know, where you it's it's no different than, you know, Rich Hill. You just know that he's going to keep getting hurt. There are just certain guys who 
just they have that track record. They are uh, injury prone. And, you know, I mean, you, you, yes. Do you miss out uh, if, if he has a career year uh, and you haven't invested? Sure. But, you know, that's that's what once every like five or six years, I'll take the four years, five years of winning um, and not worrying about it to missing him for the one year that uh, that he goes off. I just I can't. You know, I just I can't put myself through that. I can't put my teams through that. Yeah, I think a lot of people have just crossed them off their list. No. Yeah. And yet they're all still investing in Rich Hill over and over again. Well, well, okay. I think we had this discussion yesterday. (laughs) I didn't didn't draft Rich Hill, but I picked him up in three leagues and it's been fun. So I'm enjoying this. Yes, he'll probably hit the injured list. Hopefully not. But there's a difference between drafting someone at a high cost and then picking them up off the waiver wire. Cause remember Rich Hill got off to a disastrous start this year. So I think people cut him and I was like, all right, I'll pick him up. And he turned it around. He's been good so far. Again, I understand he's 41 and likely going to spend some time on the injured list at some point, but Hey, he's already given me profit for what he's done so far. Yes, if you if you didn't you didn't pay any draft cap, you didn't spend any draft capital on him. Um, what did you pay for him in Fab? Uh, definitely not a lot. I know I picked him up in Tout. I can check and see how much I spent. I don't think it was much at all. I think that because it might have been a week where he didn't have a great matchup, and I said I don't care. I'm kind of looking at this uh, long term. Okay. Uh, so let's see. You bid. You can you can do by team. I think there's got to be a way to sort. Oh, what, oh, what please on that do? website, dude. Come on. <laughs> yeah, my team. We'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> uh, let's wait. See. I'll do some hold music while you uh, spend the next hour and a half. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh no, that was Brandon Crawford for eight bucks that week. Damn. Oh, so it must have been like was it May third then? May third. Where is this? Look at you, you savvy son oh, of a bitch. Eight bucks zero, zero dollar bid. Oh, see, there you go. So on when May, he does get May hurt, <clears throat> it's unlimited IL, so you can just plop him on the IL. This whole thing, this whole season for you has been profit, unless you put him in for a couple of starts and he absolutely ass rapes your ratios. This is you're you're playing with house money with Rich Hill, no matter what. Um, oh, you know what it was? I think uh, – was it a two-star week? He had a matchup against Houston, so I think people were scared. He actually only went three innings in that matchup. So, or was that the day I picked up? Oh, maybe he was at Oakland that week, and maybe people worried, and I think he had the Yankees coming up. I didn't care. And actually, uh, damn, since I picked him up, he's allowed two earned runs in, like, 30-plus innings. Two earned runs in 30-plus in Yeah. Pretty much, I've had him for the month of so since the beginning of May. So, yeah, he's been phenomenal for me. So, I mean, look, I I don't expect it to last the whole year. I mean, they were conservative on, on Monday against the Yankees. They pulled him after five, uh, and they've done that a couple of times. I don't know why they did that. Maybe the matchup, but he went eight innings the prior start against Kansas City. It had thirteen Ks, and then he went six innings against Baltimore, six and two thirds against the Yankees, six against Oakland. So. He's been pretty good. I guess they just said, you know what? Uh, he gave us five scoreless. I don't know why, because the Yankees haven't been threatening offensively. But no, they're they're still probably, let's just they're spare still his arm and, and you know, probably, turn this yeah. over to the bullpen. Yeah, and they have a good bullpen. So they said, you know what? 
you gave us five. Sit, sit this one out. Yeah, listen, great. It was a great move for you. Great move by you. Um, <clears throat> to end up with that, I and yeah, them up in my home league and an. All right, now you're just home. bragging, dude. No, I'm not no, bragging. I'm just saying, though. Yeah, like, now you're bragging. Now you're like, oh well, yeah, I picked them up in uh, a couple other leagues. Let me tell you about it. I just don't. <laughs> I just don't know why people gave up on him so quick. I guess what? Because it's uh, yeah, he gave up four and runs in each of his first three starts. So I guess that's why. Yeah, it's four runs in six innings against the Yankees. Four runs and four and a third against Texas. Four runs and two innings in Kansas City. So people are probably like, ah, he's done. Um, I know that I took one look and went, no, thank you. Actually, shit. He's thrown 57 innings this year, 38 and two-thirds last year, and 58 and two-thirds in 19. Oh, boy. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Here it comes. Here it comes. I don't know. Tampa, Tampa has some magic. Tampa, you think Tampa has some magic? We'll see. Dude, they're 15 above 500, 20 and 7 on the road. They they just it's amazing. Like, oh, they got rid of Snell and they got rid of the, they just keep winning, man. No matter what, with this like low payroll. They just continue like them, the A's. Like it doesn't matter who's on the team. They just continue to do well. That move, getting rid of Snell, was huge. That was just we, – have we talked about this? I can't remember who I've talked to about this, who I haven't talked to about this. Getting rid of Snell. Like, listen, when when the Rays are done with a starting pitcher, right, I, I want nothing to do with that starting pitcher anymore. Did, did we not learn from Chris Archer and the, uh, and the horrible demise uh, of him? And so when they, when they gave away Blake Snell – <clears throat> and that trade, you know, they got destroyed. They got lambasted in that uh, in the in the media about that trade. Um, it's looking pretty good right now, as Blake Snell can't go past six innings, uh, and he can't stop bleeding runs. So and he can't stop walking anyone. Oh, it's unbelievable, man! It's it's atrocious. It's really atrocious. So yeah, when the when, as soon as the Rays say that they're done with somebody, I'm out. I got no interest in him whatsoever, especially pitching, especially pitching. I used to have to like sit there and like, you know, tail uh, Jason Collette, um, you know, and, and figure out uh raise pitching from there and who was, uh, who was worth it and who wasn't. Now I just let them let a guy go. Right. <laughs> it's just like, All right, we're going to let this dude go. So Great stuff. Although Tyler Glasnow getting smacked around here a little bit by the Yankees tonight. Smacked around? Hey, dude, when Miguel Andujar hits a home run, yes, that's being smacked around. He's also, what, three hits, two walks? It's just not, that's not normal Tyler Glasnow. It's not, but smacked around is the wrong term. If he well, was giving up six runs, sure. He's giving up three runs. Well, if he's giving up six runs, then he's getting destroyed. I wouldn't say smacked around. I'll say smacked around a little bit. For Tyler Glass, no, this is getting smacked around. You know what? Hey, man. Well, not everyone's Jacob DeGrom. What do you want me to tell you? Who doesn't love getting smacked around a little bit? Oh, yeah, definitely. Smack me, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Michael Pineda sucks, bro. How do you give up five runs and seven hits to Baltimore? That's getting smacked around. Three innings. One K? Come on, Pineda. I'm in TGFBI, man. Jesus, man. Come on. I'm 
dying because I'm doing a head to head with uh, with Ani Sreeder for uh, for our DraftKings lineup because you know we were trying to think of who could be more disgusting and beat the other one. So, uh, but he's got Bruce Zimmerman uh, oh on God, his uh, <laughs> in his roster, which is funny because I've got Kyle Garlic and uh, and Josh Donaldson. Uh, in mine, Gar- I think. Right? Yeah, garlic's already gone yard, and Donaldson at least has a hit. But uh, we both have glass now. Um, I've got Max Fried, and he started. Uh, he started Zimmerman. So yeah, Fried's got five Ks through uh, two and a third. Yeah, I need. Uh, I need a little bit more. I need a little more. I need Minnesota to wake up a little bit, right? And no, they've been sleeping the whole year, bro. Dude, it's ridiculous, right? Yeah. Like, how insane is this? I I'm stunned. To be this bad, I thought they. No, nah, I thought they would be. I thought they'd contend for the central. Oh yeah, no doubt. In that division, they should have been contending. I mean, but Maeda has been a big problem, and then you know, you just found out recently. Oh yeah, he's dealing with an arm issue. Like really, and it's the whole year. Like what? Now you tell us this. Cool, thanks. Not, and I didn't draft him anyway. I've I every year I draft Kenta Maeda. When I first started looking at his ADP back in January, I was like, holy shit, what year are we in? Like, really? And I, I love the guy. And I'm just like, I cannot spend a fourth-round pick on Kenta Maeda. And I didn't think he'd be this bad. I still thought he would be good, but I was like, yeah, no, sorry. I, I'm out on that. Yeah, he was definitely a, a little too pricey. I did not like the the tier that he was in. I'm trying to think of who were some of the pitchers that were right around his ADP. God, I haven't looked at MLB ADP in two months. I have no idea. But uh, I know that there were uh, there were pitchers out there who where, where was Glass now going? He was probably he, going. Oh, he received a, at least in the high stakes league. He received a lot of helium. He was. I know um Sean Childs. You know Sean Childs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He took him in a draft uh, early second round. At one early point, second. I, yeah. Oh no no no. My bad. Um, late second round. Like he had a two or three pick, and it came back around. And he took him late second round. I was like, wow. And but yeah, he was going fourth round in 15 team league, started to move up a little bit to the third, but he was a guy that received a lot of hype. But I think, you know, early March, you probably could have got him fourth round of a 15 team league. Yeah. Say fourth round of a 15 team league. That's that's Maeda esque. Yeah. I mean, he was, yeah, he was probably going a little bit ahead of Maeda. And I mean, I know injuries are a factor, but I just was like, oh, man. And Maeda pitched in the Central last year, took advantage of that great schedule. Again, I'm a huge fan. I always loved him with the Dodgers. I was pissed off the way they utilized him. You know, there was talk that they didn't push him because of incentives that he could have kicked in for him. So I was glad to see him leave and happy that he performed well last year because I was drafting him. But this year, I was like, the price is just too high. Yeah, I mean, listen, that happens. Uh, I mean, it happens in in every fantasy sport. I mean, that, that you sit and you play. I mean, uh, when a guy's coming, like I, I never, I, I know that I'm not going to get a guy when he's coming off of a career year. I just, I, it, it's, it's pointless, you know. A guy coming off of a career year, um, you know, who is it? It was a couple of years ago. It was a couple of years when Matt Ryan had the year that he went to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I was all in on Ryan uh, for uh, for for that season and the Falcons, and and he had this uh, you know amazing season, uh, and then all of a sudden he was like he was like the third or fourth he was like all of a sudden he was like the third fourth fifth quarterback off the board. I was like, oh, I'm done. There's no way I'm drafting him that high. I mean, I like him, and and last year was great, but man, I mean, people just pay. 
I mean, it's like paying retail versus wholesale. They're like paying for last year's numbers when uh, when, when that's not what they're getting. I, I, I never got that. I never understood that. Did you really think like, you know, I mean, do people genuinely think that guys just career year and it's an immediate plateau? No, there's like nowhere else to go but down. Most most of what you're saying is true. There are exceptions. Uh, sure. I, think, I think one from last year and I only got him one league, so maybe uh, a Rose Arena. Is that what you're gonna say? No, Corbin Burns. Oh, ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, you so could say, good. oh, it was only 59 and two-thirds innings, two one and one ERA, oh, central division. Uh, and he's actually kind of been better than last year. He's cut down the walks, he just doesn't allow home runs. Um zero. I mean, he's been unbelievable. And you had to pay a high price because the one draft I got him was the NFBC draft champions, and I got him uh had the one pick that was the league I took to Grom, and then on the three four turn took Burns. So basically pick uh 45, 45, 46. Yeah. So that was you were paying for last year, but that one has worked out. But I didn't go that was the only league I have him in. Yeah, I mean, listen. There's an exception to 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 every rule, and, but, and it depends you know, on the skill set, obviously. Right, too. it depends on the skill set. It depends on the player. Depends on the player's age. But I mean, I think what you're saying for the for most of the time is absolutely true, and people always do it. They always pay for like thinking, okay, well now he's going to be better this year because he broke out or he had that big year. Well, most of the time it doesn't happen. Most of the time you're going to be like, oh, I shouldn't overpay. Yeah. It's it's a hundred percent true. Most of the time, it uh, it is like that. Oh man, oh this is gonna be an interesting one. I can't wait to see what happens with these lineups. I'm kind of banking on uh, for uh, for DFS tonight, uh, the Brady Singer versus Will Crow matchup, right? <laughs> Royals Pirates. I'm going uh, I'm going in against both those pitchers. Really, you went in against Singer? I went in against Singer. He was he he didn't look good the last time he was out. Um, you know, I mean, he had a I mean, he started off the season pretty well. It was but Tampa. It was Tampa though. Uh, I, I like Singer. I love Singer. I, I have him on a, on a ton of my teams. But for tonight, you know what? Tonight I'm a Gregory Polanco Ben Gamel fan. That's never a good club to be in. But I wish you the best. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I wanted to beat Ani with like a, just a super disgusting lineup, and uh, and that's what we got. That's what we got. All right, um, we're gonna take a quick timeout so we can uh, pay a bill or two here. But when we come back, Adam Ronis and I are gonna catch up on what's going on in the NBA. Well, no, let me let me rephrase that. Adam Ronis is gonna catch me up on what the hell's going on in the NBA. Uh, see if we can't uh, make a Make a make a few shekels uh, betting on some basketball. So we'll be right back after this. All right, Adam, here we go. Win me some money. So you know what? I actually I filled in on uh, on alarm after hours last night, and uh, and I you know I asked uh, John Impemba because I was filling in for Fensty. Uh, I asked uh, Impemba. I'm like, yeah, so well, you know, whatever. You know, start off with uh, with the games that are in progress right there. He's like, yeah, 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 definitely. So he gives me the choice to start with either basketball or or baseball. And I was like, you know what? Let's let's just, you know, for me, I was like, let's get the NBA out of the way here, right? Bye-bye. Um and uh, it's um really it was it was it was kind of humorous because then he starts with uh, uh we're, we're we're talking about the the 
the game that was going on was it uh was Utah it, Memphis. It was yeah, it was yeah, it was Utah and Memphis and Utah at the time that we were on air, Utah was up by like 10. And oh no, 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 was it was it at that point or was it the um was it the Wizards game? No, that game was over by the time you were on. Oh air. yeah, yeah, okay. So yeah, it was it was with Memphis and he said um I could get like for plus 3000 uh to put it on um you know Memphis to come back uh in this game. And I was like, really? Like you you you're not leading off the show with like suggesting somebody actually piss on some money right now, are you? Like I don't understand. Like again, that's the in-game betting that drives me absolutely insane. Like why in the world like and I asked him flat out. Like why in the world, dude, would you put that on there? Like what's the point? He's like, "Well, plus 3,000." Well, dude, you know, it could be plus a million. I don't, who gives a shit? Do you think that's really going to happen? No, but if it does, see, and that's where, that's what kills me. That's what kills me the most. When somebody's like, just so willing to throw away money like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't do it much. I mean, you have to really be watching it closely and see something where you're like, well, they're getting good looks and they're missing their shots. I wouldn't have done that. And I know you're going to say, well, you know the results. No, because... The last two games between Utah and Memphis has kind of been the same. It's been a close game with four minutes left, and Utah just takes off. I think Utah's the better team. I've been saying this. I don't think people are giving Utah enough respect. They had a great season. They're the number one seed. I give Memphis credit. They've been competitive in this series. They're down three games to one. Uh, but I think Utah is legit, especially with Donovan Mitchell back. So uh, I've been on the I've been on the over. Uh, in this series, and I'm probably going to go back to it again tomorrow because I'm seeing it's 226 and a half. They went up a point. It's It's been at a fast pace. Utah has been hitting points. The average total in this series is 239. Um, obviously, game two was 270, so that's boosted it up. But game one was 221, but they both found ways to score on the opponent's defense. Uh, again, Utah shoots a ton of threes. And even with Memphis struggling from three in game four, the total 233. And Donovan Mitchell missed game one, which is the only time the total didn't go 230. And Mitchell's been scoring. So uh, that's what I would look at. Uh, my early lean uh, is the over in the Utah-Memphis game for game five. Okay, I like that. Um, can you find me the odds on uh, Washington making a comeback down 3-1? Uh, I haven't I haven't looked to see yet what the condition of Joel Embiid's knee is he, in right now. He is doubtful for Game Five. Oh, give me Washington. How many points do do the Wizards have to lay in that one? I think it was. I think the early what I saw was six and a half, seven. Let me see now. I'll check the FanDuel sportsbook here. Um, I, I still think uh, Philly wins this series, even if Embiid doesn't come back. Even if Embiid um, doesn't come back. Yeah, it is six. Philly's favored by six at home, and the total is 230. So they haven't even really – because that's – it's been like 232, so still hasn't really moved that much. Wow, the Jazz are favored by – oh, wow. The, oh, no, the total in Grizzlies Jazz is 224 and a half. Wait, I want to know if if no Embiid, they're laying six? Philly's yeah. laying six? I, mm -hmm. I want Washington in that one. Mm, it's on the road. They have a game to adjust. They only, they only lost by eight, and they shot forty-one percent. Like They're I don't down see three the, to one in the series. There's no adjusting time. There's no game to adjust. They gotta, 
No, I'm Strike saying while the iron's when, Embiid, hot. when Embiid went down, Philly didn't have time to make adjustments. Now they have a day to come up with a, a new plan without Embiid on the court. Mm. They need Simmons mm. to be more aggressive, man. He was very good in game two, driving to the basket and scoring. And he took five shots from the field in game four. And obviously they fouled him a ton at the end of the game because he can't, can't hit free throws. He was five of 11. So they kept fouling him intentionally at the end, which was a smart plan. But uh, I, I don't see Philly losing this series, even without Embiid. I think they obviously are hoping that they can win game five and then get Embiid back for the next round because that would give them basically a full week of rest because I don't think the next series would start until at least Monday or Tuesday because the game sevens are slated for Saturday and Sunday if we get any. I think we get at least one, maybe two, but I kind of don't see more than two game sevens. Well, you're bumming me out, man, because um, I'm looking for people to suffer. And I know that if the uh, if if the Sixers were to drop this series after being up three to one. Well, right? no, three zero. They'd be the first team in NBA history to blow a three zero lead. Oh, see, there you go. All the more reason that Dan Servadidio would be crying. Uh, Loffy, Dave Lochran. Yeah. Oh, dude, <laughs> that dude, he would go. Oh, he would be over the edge. I would actually have to call and. Just, you know, I've check in on his safety um, if that happened. But, you know, listen, I like to see people suffer like that um, much in the same way that, you know, Suns now series tied 2-2. AD um, missing time with the groin injury. <laughs> Jim Bowden did not want to talk Lakers. No. Shocking, I know. Very shocking, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, better chance of coming back, Embiid or AD? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, probably AD because I think they're going to feel that they can get by this series. Um, actually, you know, Davis has not been ruled out. We're actually pre-recording this before the game, and this just came out five minutes ago. Frank Vogel, the coach of Lakers, said that whether Anthony Davis plays or sits will be a medical decision. Oh, he has not officially been ruled out. I think everyone thinks he will not play. Um, and he has two injuries, actually, because he hurt his left knee over the weekend and the groin injury on Sunday. So, yeah, the game before. And they said the groin injury is a bigger priority than his sprained left knee. And he said the knee is an issue. So uh, I would not expect him to play. But who knows? Go Suns. What's that next year? What's game five? What's the spread there? Uh, Suns by five. Suns by five. If AD's out, I'm taking the Suns, right? I don't know. It kind of feels like a trap. Oh, really? Yeah. You think LeBron just goes ham on them and just... Yeah, I almost wrote this up, not as a pick, but just say, hey, consider taking LeBron plus 450 to triple-double. Oh. Then DraftKings... Then DraftKings Sportsbook boosted it to plus 500. Whenever they do that, I have a red flag. Whenever they do those boosts, most of the time, you lose. Uh, they did it with Conor McGregor. The, the last fight he had, they boosted it. I was like, oh, shit, now I'm worried. And what happened? McGregor lost. And 91% of the money was on him. Still, like last night. Well, the last night's a bad example because Embiid got hurt. 77% of the money was on Philly. They didn't win or cover. And then... The game the Nets lost to the Celtics, like 91% of the money was on the Nets. Like whenever the money is that high, I always worry because usually it does not work out well. You think it does, 
you're like, oh yeah, I mean, come on, they're gonna come. <laughs> and it just doesn't. So, you know, I try. I usually don't see that stuff when I'm writing stuff up. Sometimes I see it after, and I'm like, oh man, I'm on the wrong side of this. Yeah, there's nothing worse than that. That's like when uh, when when Mish and I do the uh, the the super contest, the Westgate super contest, and then the uh, the the consensus picks come out. And I like if we see more than one game of ours, like in the top five, we're like, all right, we're done. Yeah. You just you don't want to see it. People are like, what are you talking about? You're with no, there's that usually does not work out well. The books usually clean up on that. And uh, I know last night they did with Philly. Again, I can't get upset because Embiid got hurt. He doesn't get hurt. I think they cover. Um, you know, they outside of game one where they won by seven and played awful, then they won by 25 and 29. So Washington showed no ability to stop them, especially with Embiid on the court. So I don't really regret, regret that one. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, that line is down to four and a half with Phoenix. Hmm. Some money coming in on the Lakers. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I mean, look, that, that's why I worry. Because, like, logic will tell you, oh, yeah, it's definitely – you've got to take the Suns, right? How can they win without Davis? And you, you just don't know, man. Like, LeBron could just go crazy – and a couple others step up. So, yeah, I I would not be betting Phoenix with confidence. I mean, this is a this is the moment that LeBron usually steps up and leads his team. So I'm not I'm not so sure Phoenix is a lock in this game. Okay, all right, man. Listen, I can I can dig that. Listen, that's that's why I come to you for the advice, Adam. That's what I want to know and that's uh that's why everybody looks to you over at wager alarm uh last question here about basketball because uh this is really the only only one that i care about can the knicks come back no i think they win game five but then they go to atlanta and lose Uh, it's hurtful man i mean they just they don't have enough talent they overachieve this year yeah, I mean, I think it's been a, a real successful season for them. And I feel bad if some fans are like, oh, what happened? Oh, Atlanta's just got more talent. And the Knicks were a scrappy team all year, played very hard. And they just ran into a team that has more talent. I blame de Blasio. Okay. <laughs> I blame the mayor. I blame the mayor for for looking like a like a like a stupid idiot wearing a, a Knicks hat that was clearly like Three sizes too big for his head. Uh, and then he starts antagonizing Trey Young, right? Like just giving him bulletin board material. He was like, he was like sitting there at this press conference. He might as well have had like a cork board there and just started posting articles of himself on there saying, I'm an idiot. Let's piss off Trey Young. Uh, and uh, and sorry, Knicks, but I'm gonna screw you guys over right now uh, and put the whammy on you. That's I feel like you know what, but I'm I'm really I'm at the point now where I just blame all politicians for everything. Doesn't matter what their party affiliation is or anything like that. All politicians, it's all their fault. Well, I will tell you this: Clint Capella was talking a lot of shit towards the Knicks today, man. Unbelievable. He's like, we can be physical, we can win games as well. Now we're coming to your home to win this game and send you on vacation. Oh, Clint, what? What's up? Yeah, it was uh he was going off on the Knicks, man. <laughs> Damn. Damn, well that game's tomorrow. Line is uh oh, it's Knicks laying a point and a half here. Yeah, I'd lean towards the Knicks, but uh 
I don't know if uh, I'll write it up. I'm not sure yet, but I lean towards the Knicks. What happens if Capella tries to get physical and he gets out physicaled and ends up getting banged up and hurt? And, uh, and, and then, you know, they lose the game there. Then do the Knicks have a better chance? No. All right. Adam Glass is half empty Ronus. Uh, always, always great. Thanks, dude. You want me to lie to you? Like, oh yeah, the Knicks are coming back. Put all sometimes the money on the some. Yeah, there's a time to lie and there's a time not to. Okay, I'll remember that. Yeah, please, for crying out loud, man, for crying out loud. Um, I, you know, I said that was going to be the last one, but tomorrow night, uh, Mavs Clippers and the Clippers seem to have woken up a little bit. Can Luca hold them off? Well, I'm worried about his health. He's got this neck issue. He clearly was not 100% in game four. You could see it um, because I was looking at his three-point prop. It was over three and a half, and he had at least five in the first three games, and it was plus juice. It was like plus 135. And I was like, man, towards the end of game three, he did not look right. He looked banged up. So I was like, I'm staying away from it. I'm glad I did because he wasn't 100%. He was one of seven from three-point range in game four. He still put up points, but he didn't shoot as well. You could see he was clearly wincing. He was in pain. He had this, uh, he's got this neck issue and he said he was feeling a sharp pain down his uh, left hand, left arm. So he said it's, it's gotten better, but I don't trust it. Uh, so yeah, I think Dallas is in trouble and they just, they shout, they shot crazy from three-point range, I think 58% from three-point range in game two, and they shot very well in game one, clearly outliers. And, you know, Luca, if he's not playing well, they're in real trouble. Tim Hardaway had good games in games one and two, nothing in game three and four. And that's how he is as a player. He's very inconsistent. He can light it up and hit every three, and then he just can't hit a shot. And Porzingis just has not been good enough. I mean, the guy is at like six rebounds or fewer in just four straight games. He's seven foot. It's just, and you're not rebounding the ball, so... I think Dallas is in trouble. They had a chance. They needed to st- stick the fork in the Clippers while they had them on life support. Yeah. They gave them life, and uh, I think we see the Clippers win this in six. Well, that's a huge bummer. That's a bummer. But listen, it makes sense. It makes complete sense. You can't. You, you got to step up. You got your opponent down. You step on his throat. You don't give him a chance to get up. You know, it's like uh, it's like when a bad guy monologues in a movie, right? He's got the the good guy tied to the railroad tracks, and then he starts to lay out what his entire plot is and how he's going to make it happen, and then he just walks away without seeing the actual death. That's uh, that's the problem, man. Mavs need that killer instinct, no doubt about it. The one right. good thing I'll say is they're better on the road than at home, and the road team has won every game in the series. Mavs are twenty-one and fifteen on the road. Okay, you know, a glimmer of hope, Adam, a glimmer. There you go. See, trying to be positive to close it out. Look at you, Adam Ronis, everybody. Yes. Be nice. High five. High five. I like. (laughs) On that note there, that is going to do it for us here on the Annie Up podcast. Big thanks to everybody for liking and subscribing. Adam and I will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, we'll catch you next time.